Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there may be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to let you know they're coming. This week, we're jumping on the quarantine TV bandwagon to talk about Tiger King, the Disney Plus sequel to The Lion King. Yeah, just kidding. It's about a meth head polygamist. All right. As always, please rate and review us on the podcast app of your choice, especially in quarantine when you got nothing better to do. Shout out, Chloe. I have seen what you're doing. Thank you. We do love you. <laughs> and everyone else, do what Chloe's doing. Go, Chloe. And, <laughs> and it will help other people find us in quarantine, and then we won't have to, like, you know, lean on meth and tigers. <laughs> so what'd you do in pop culture, Justin? Uh, well, you know, this is week, whatever, uh, two, entering week three of our uh, shelter in place. Um, things are uh, predictably a little weird and um, going for very silly, comforting things. My critical acumen is uh, way, way, way down. Um, I did finish Picard <laughs> um, and promptly canceled my CBS access um, <laughs> right after. Uh, this show had a lot of potential. I think the one thing they did was really set up some great new characters from to interact with. Um, and that's it. <laughs> it really, the plot just went nowhere. Um, you know, slight spoilers for uh, Picard. It's all about going to a planet of synthetics, uh, which is mostly an excuse to get Brent Spiner worked in there somehow. And of course, this is always Star Trek's problem, I think, is you know, even when they have a decent idea, they get to the planet, and I believe I texted someone and said, oh, look, they landed on planet Lulu Lululemon. Um, it just never feels like space or a different culture. It feels like people dressed up for LA yoga in front of a green screen. Um, it just feels so cheap and just, uh, it was disappointing. And there was this whole Borg thing, and they brought back Seven of Nine, and that didn't really go anywhere interesting. It just, it was kind of a big whiff. Um, I, somebody was saying next season, which I'm sure they'll be, if they just, don't even call it Picard, and just, if they can drop a lot of this Picard stuff and just take these characters that they've, they've developed and these good actors they've assembled to sort of just do something new and Picard just happens to be a part of it, I think it'll be uh, a little better, but <laughs> we'll see at CBS. Um, I watched something called Vivarium, which is a movie that I think went straight to Amazon Prime or, you know, straight to... I've been getting so many ads for this. Yeah, me too. And apparently I fell for it because uh, we ended up just watching the preview and thinking, oh, this looks interesting. It's uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots, who I did not know who that was. But she has such um, a great name. She has a great name. And I was like, I must know who that is with that name. But then I looked up her resume and I was like, I don't know her at all. Um, I've seen her and stuff, but yeah, I couldn't tell you what, but I know I have. They're both good. They're both fine. This is kind of a fun Twilight zone premise where basically this couple uh, decides they want to kind of buy a house and they look in this crazy housing development in which every row of houses is exactly the same and they're all green and sort of weirdly creepy and pretty much very quickly they're stranded in this housing development and can't escape it. And so they sort of have this nutty kind of accelerated 
nightmare um, suburban life that plays out, including a, a kid that sort of shows up as their baby and just kind of rapidly ages and is sort of like going through the whole suburban life really quickly. It's a fun concept. It's very Twilight Zone-y. Um, it doesn't totally work come together it sort of gets sillier and sillier as it goes along um i like both the actors a lot um you could do worse if you're super bored i i probably wouldn't pay for it it feels like a like a netflix kind of thing more than a theater thing i'm not surprised it went you know straight to to video on demand um dave and i after watching all the project runway we could find if anybody knows where project runway canada is uh streaming give me a shout because i've heard that that's the one last piece that i need to uh see you get through that um wow you yeah. really are wow i am desperate i am sending out the the gay bat signal for somebody to tell me how to watch project roman canada um i do love that show so much um i can't talk i have watched uh america's next top model only australia's next top model hmm. they say fanny a lot on that oh, right. show of course yeah, they, they don't mean bum right <laughs> they do not they do not a lot they say they're, it a lot they're like oh i got bumped in the fanny or like what uh, it like? yeah or you're a, a great giant fanny or yeah there's a lot of fanny dropping on that show so you get down with your canadian project runway I, if i can it. find it hopefully i will instead i was stuck with watching making the cut the new tim gun <laughs> uh, also been getting a lot style. of ads for that not good at all uh this show is everything you liked about Project Runway minus everything you liked about Project Runway. It's completely like ruined the whole premise because now it's sort of these somewhat established designers and they don't do any sewing. It's basically like they come up with a pattern and they send the pattern off to a sewer who then sends it back the next morning and they have a fashion show. It's sort of more about like mass marketing fashion, which is just not as interesting to me. Um, and it's much, but you can tell the budget's higher. They're in Paris. They're in this gorgeous atelier. It's like yeah, Heidi and Tim are in full kind of like Heidi and Tim nutty mode. And it's just like everything I liked about Project Runway, you're like, they're trying to recreate this, but it's just not working. Uh, not into it. I don't know that I'll continue, but let's see how long we're in quarantine. <laughs> Who knows? I may be uh Yeah, I've here. heard you swear you're never gonna watch something before uh -huh. when we weren't even in quarantine. Yeah. So. I know. I can't really claim too much. Uh I watched the second episode of Amazing Stories, which I didn't like the first episode and I talked about recently. This is on Apple TV. Uh it is still not good. Uh the one I watched is a queer Yet quarantine story <laughs> about uh two young women of color. The thing that was potentially exciting was it was about, you know, Oakland and there was like sideshows and um, it, there's somebody who dies and then it's like this kind of, you know, afterlife sort of story and it just quickly went nowhere. It was so boring. That show just has a writing problem. Um, yeah, it's not good. Two, two for two whiffs so far. Um, I am reading, guys, a lot. Uh, way more I'm than so I jealous I can't read. Really? Why not? Oh my God, I can't. I cannot, I don't know if it's my emotional state or what, I cannot sit and open a book. I keep trying, I cannot do it. I I can listen. So I'm thinking about, uh, I have audible credits. I'm thinking about downloading The Glass Hotel. Interesting. Um, and seeing if I can listen, but I, I cannot read. 
Is it just kind of attention span? Like you're just yep. having trouble focusing? Yeah. I can't huh. take it. Interesting. I can't take it. <laughs> um, I don't know why. It's like the only thing that's like relaxing me like truly these days. Um, I am reading The Alchemist. <laughs> Do you know about this book? Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's a series of kind of YA-ish fantasy. Yeah. Um, the author is Michael Scott. I just was perusing lists of light fantasy series, you know, that might be good to read during this quarantine and that popped up on a few people's lists. Um, it is not great writing. Uh, the story feels a little just like boilerplate, um, you know, urban fantasy. I am so excited to have found a book that I can just sort of read and tear through and not pay any attention to. And if it ends well, there are five more books. <laughs> so um i might i might be into the alchemist i might be talking about the series uh it's got some other name the series the nicholas flamel books or yeah. something yeah it's yeah. Like nicholas flamel yeah yeah um but it's you know i read worse um it certainly is kind of hitting my my sweet spot of my dumb brain right now um, youtube actual youtube has canadian uh project what family. oh my god I'm so excited Okay, Just, that's happening. I'm sorry to have done that to you, but there you go. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Michael Scott. The alchemist must wait tonight. <laughs> There's your rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. Um, Amy Rigby, um, I'm reading her, uh, I've been reading music bios. I've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. And this week is Amy Rigby. Uh, she is a great uh, songwriter, singer-songwriter, very kind of scrappy, has never made it uh, as big as she should have. She was in a 90s band called uh, The Shams that were kind of a, a thing for a minute in New York, but never really got that popular. But she's done now like six solo albums. I believe I've played her on the show before. Um, her memoirs just really got me appreciating how much I like her. She's so funny and just has such a great sort of scrappy songwriting style and it really comes through in her writing. She's one of these people that sort of never really took herself that seriously as a, as a musician and that's what makes her fun. Um, I did want to play one of her best songs is from her very first album. The album's called Diary of a Mod Housewife. The song is called Beer and Kisses. Um, let's take a listen. So what did you do in pop culture this week? <laughs> I rewatched most of Animal Kingdom. I saw again, that on Amazon Prime. <laughs> again, I can't read. So I'm watching Animal Kingdom. I still maintain this is a good show. It, um, here's the thing I want to know. What is it about the word family 
that absolutely no British actor can say it. It's like the one word that gives everybody away is family. It doesn't matter where they're from. Ben Robson is from Newcastle. Fucking Ken uh, Finn Cole is from London. Neither what family gives them away every time. I'm telling you, I don't understand what it is. So what do they say? How do they say it? You they say family. Say they do. Family. A, they do. Yeah, and they even put like a stop in it, like a glottal stop almost. It's like huh. family. And awesome I don't understand that. if we say it weird or if we hear it weird, but it is the dead giveaway. <laughs> and in shows like Sons of Charlie Hunnam couldn't say it. In shows like Sons of Anarchy and Animal Kingdom, where family's a big fucking deal and they say it all the time, gives them away every time. <laughs> anyway, I'll move on from that. <laughs> so I rewatched most of Animal Kingdom. I had to stop because the last season isn't available on prime and only um six episodes were on youtube tv on demand so i'm not gonna allow myself to buy the last <laughs> seven episodes i'm not gonna do it i'm just gonna wait for them to go on uh i started counterpart again I really want to like the show, you guys. It's got Olivia Coleman. It's got J.K. Simmons. It's got horrible Jamie Bamber, who still can't frigging act and reminds me of how much I hated him on Battlestar Galactica. This, it's interesting. It's weird. J.K. Simmons is so great and plays two parts. And I really, really like it. And instead, I started watching The Lost Room again. Do you remember The Lost Room? No, I mean, I remember the name somehow, but... Yeah, this is a show that was on sci-fi. It had Kevin Pollack and Peter Krause up, probably right off of Six Feet Under. Um, Juliana Margulies, probably not too long after ER. Um, Elle Fanning as a wee little tot. She's like eight, I think. And it's, it's... I remember really liking it at the time. It's about, oh, a Chris Bauer, like, Dennis Christopher, like everybody that you've seen in shit forever. And the premise is that there was this room that was lost to time and space. And in that room, all of these objects got scattered into our regular world. And each, and they have like weird little, they can do little things in our world. And Peter Krause's character's daughter gets sucked into the room and they have to try and figure out how to get her back. I think I did um, watch at least some of this. And uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. And I was like, oh, right, I remember that. And so I've already watched, instead of watching Counterpart, which I haven't seen, seems like a highly intelligent show and something that I might really like if I give it a chance. I sat down and watched the Siffy show <laughs> for four fucking hours. So is that, how many seasons are there of it? There's only one season. It was a mini series. And did, so it and wraps its story up like you can it, watch it. Yeah, you can watch it. Now they, you know, they left some stuff open-ended so that they could have done more if they wanted to, but uh, it wraps up. They, I guess they were always supposed to do a comic and it never happened. Anyway, I think it's worth watching, um, I guess, because I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched an episode of Dirty Money on Netflix about Jared Kushner. Oh, wow. As a landlord. Oh, my God. Yeah, that guy's a scumbag. Oh. Like, oh my God. This it's this show is very well put together and it is all about basically different how money corrupts and people who are doing schemes and and basically about how capitalism is killing us all. Um and I it's I think the Jared Kushner episode is like the third episode in the first season, but I went straight to it because I wanted to feel really bad about the state of the world apparently uh, 
and was you know just thrilled to know that this guy is in charge of the response to this virus right and is probably using it and, and in fact is because i have since seen articles uh to kick people out of his apartments because that's what he does is he figures out how to attack on charges and then evict you and charge you for uh if you try and fight him in court it's it's awful and Ugh. yeah it was it was hard to watch and parker had to leave the room and yeah it wasn't good uh season two of black monday has started this is the don Cheadle regina hall um casey wilson uh andrew rannells the one that last season you just let run because you like don Cheadle so much yes <laughs> okay there's less casey wilson i will give them that uh andrew rannells i do enjoy uh regina hall is so funny and they have kind of gone more kind of slapsticky and a little bit more silly uh there's four episodes on showtime right now if you've got nothing better to do, Don Cheadle's super awesome about trans kids, so watch it for him. It's, you know, it's the same guy that wrote Happy Endings, which I really enjoyed. He also happens to be the guy that married Casey Wilson, so, you know, it's it's a little uneven. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not terrible. Parker and I watched The Gentleman, uh, which is the latest Guy Ritchie film with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Jeremy Strong from Succession and Colin Farrell and Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant. And it's, you know, a heist film that doesn't show you the real, what really happened until the end and with snappy Richie dialogue. It's fine. I enjoyed it. Uh, I own it because the only way to watch it was to um, buy it. And I have had many shipping credits, so it actually only cost me $2. So. I'd watch it again. It's, it's not great. It's not terrible. It's fun. Uh, I'm glad I didn't see it in the theaters. Speaking of Guy Ritchie, I forgot to mention I made it through about literally five minutes of Aladdin, which is on Disney oh, Plus. The, is that Guy Ritchie? The live action. Yeah, he directed it. Oof. Okay. He did? I almost I almost feel like we need to watch this and talk about it. Like we should force ourselves to get really drunk and watch it and talk about it. Okay. Wow. I can do that. This I thing is, it's, it's a thing. Uh, okay. Will Smith, not a good singer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right, sorry. sorry uh, speaking this. of a thing, John Waters did a cameo on SVU this week, and it was the highlight of my week. This is a he new played, episode? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fun. He played a online pornography guy who they came to to try and track like where a video that had got uploaded come came from it was like porn in the ballet <laughs> <laughs> of course it was that's amazing <laughs> and he was hilarious and wonderful and someday i'm gonna get to hug john waters and it will be right up there with when i got to hug gregory peck <laughs> i love you john waters that show's terrible i'm glad you were on it parker and i watched a basic basic skills test on hulu which is basically a whole bunch of people that they hand knives to and say here do you know how to cut blah 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 and then a chef comes and shows you how well you after you've watched people nearly cut off their fingers so <laughs> yay for finger trauma <laughs> It's worth 10 minutes of your time. The first season is probably 10 minutes long. Uh, Top Chef All-Stars is back. It's just regular Top Chef, but it's an all-star season. It's in LA. There have been two episodes. I'll let you know. It's fine. It's Top Chef. The food's pretty. It's people you know. 
Well, it's very sad to hear that Floyd Cardoz, who was a Top Chef person, passed from yes. the this week. No, He's somebody exactly. that I interviewed back in the day oh. when I worked at Zagat. Um, yeah, so he won Masters three times. He's a really nice guy. So yeah. that was just really tragic. That was rough. That was tough. Yeah. And I mean, it's fine. It just never really gets going till at least episode, you know, six or seven when there's so many. It's like any of these things. When there's so many, you get them all lost, you know. Um, let's see, I think. Oh, and then uh, on my I'm not failing as a parent tip, uh, Parker and I watched Alien the other night because he had not seen it. Uh, wow, that's a good movie. Oh, so good. God damn, that's a good movie. Yeah. I had kind of forgotten how simple and sparse and tense the actual first movie is. Everybody always thinks of, you know, Bill Paxton, let the little girl be in charge and game over. And Aliens is a good movie, but good God damn, Alien is brilliant. Yeah. My mom made me see it like seven times when I was seven years old. So yeah. I'm glad I waited until Parker was almost 18. No, he had never seen it. Was he freaked he out? He had never seen it. No, he just really liked it. He thought oh, it was nice. really good. Oh, it's yeah. so scary. And it was still. fun to watch him be surprised when it turns out that the guy's an android and his white blood's going everywhere. And... Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So... And he worried for the cat, of course. <laughs> so it was really fun. So, and that is all I did in pop culture, all she says after two hours. Of- I know we actually did a lot. And you know what? I forgot one more thing that I wanted to mention. We both watched uh, Drag Race, I know, which we can, I don't know. There's nothing too and much. Devs to and devs little and devs everywhere. little fires everywhere. Little uh, fires everywhere. Devs, I'm losing interest in a little bit. Uh, little fires everywhere. I still think it's pretty solid. And Drag oh, Race is, I don't know, just whatever. It's old doll this season. It started off well, I thought, but it's struggling a little bit. Um, any yeah. thoughts on any of those from you? <laughs> uh, I think Devs, Devs is crawling up its own butt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drag Race, I thought, was better this week than it had been for a couple of weeks, uh, but not as good as the very first episode. And yeah. Little Fires Everywhere had a scene that I just thought was amazing. Which scene? Um, now, I know you said that. I'm curious. Sorry, with spoilers the scene, coming for yeah. fires everywhere. but uh, There's a fire one, a fire two, the fires. Um, there's a scene where Reese Witherspoon comes in and is basically going to fire. Uh, oh, so good. And yeah. where she's like, no. And she's getting on her high horse about, well, we've done this and the choices. And she's like, nah, you had good choices and yeah. you made them. Such Don't, a good scene. Do not come at me with, you know, and I've often had this argument with people when they're like, just pull yourself up from your bootstraps. And I'm like, you know what? I fucking checked. I don't have bootstraps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, these are my feet. I'm standing on them, but I don't have any bootstraps. Yeah. So I, I really still <laughs> continue to admire how that show just does not like take the easy route, like in, in some of these discussions. And I think that scene is like a great example of that. Um, yep, that's where it absolutely. feels sort of fresh to me. Um, yeah. Um, jumping back to Drag Race, I watched, um, it's on, I believe, Amazon Prime, Netflix. I can't remember. It's somewhere no, I... streaming. I watched uh, the Trixie Mattel oh. documentary called right. Moving Parts. Um, it is great. Uh, it is surprisingly, I wasn't even a huge Trixie Mattel fan, uh, when she was on Drag Race. Uh, I mean, she's, she's human. Like, this is very much, uh, 
like a portrait of somebody who carries a lot of baggage and drag a sort of armor for them. And she's funny and seems mostly kind, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's really honest in a way that I found kind of, of all the drag race kind of related to everything. I was like, oh, wow, this is the best thing that this has produced so far. Um, so highly recommend watching that. It's free. It's um, Trixie Mattel's Moving Parts. Nice. Uh, should we go into our main topic? Sure, let's do I it. I <laughs> know. We had so much, like, I was like, well, I didn't do anything this week. And then it turns out we had tons that we talked about. Um, but Tiger King, uh, as we mentioned up top, everybody seems to be talking about Tiger King. Like, every single person I know is talking about Tiger King. So we figured, why not finally get on it? Now, to be fair, Fanny watched this, like, within the first couple days of it dropping in our quarantine land. I resisted it a bit, and I finally was... Uh, I watched it before everybody was talking about it, y'all. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, this show, it's seven eps on, ne- on seven, uh, seven episodes on Netflix. Uh, it is about a big cat owner and breeder named Joe Exotic. Uh, it's a documentary about him, uh, and he operates this shady so tiger zoo in Oklahoma, animal zoo. Uh, it follows his legal troubles as he feuds with a fellow animal conservationist who's down in Florida. Um, those heavy quotes there. She also happens to own her own shady zoo and there's a lot of mystery around her. Uh, all of this leads to accusations of murder on both sides. We are going full spoilers on this. So if you have not watched this yet, we'll see you uh, next week. Run out of here. Like there's a 300 pound tiger on your tail. Um, yeah. So what did you think? Exit pursued by bear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what did you think of tiger King? Carol Baskin killed her husband. Oh, so are you really, (laughs) are you in that camp? Oh, she totally killed him. The first Uh, one? uh, Totally. uh Now, does that mean that Joe Exotic didn't try and kill her? No, no, but they're all crazy. (laughs) They're all killing everybody. This was like just the most batshit right up my alley piece of pop culture that has come along in a while. It had cults. It had crazy polygamists of all sorts. Like, what is it with loving tigers that makes you want to have like five or six partners? And not just five or six partners, but five or six partners in a cult-like thing. These were not polyamorous people. These were cult relationships. Right. So I I don't understand the connection, but they all seem to have it. Yeah. And then you had the Scarface guy. And his, you know, that weird connection that they talked about for five minutes, I, this was every time you thought it couldn't get more wacky, it got more wacky. And I just really, really enjoyed myself and then felt bad that I wanted to pet the baby tiger. Yeah, I know. That's the thing about the show, right? Constantly. You're like, God, these fucking people. Oh my God, that tiger's so cute. Oh, the baby! <laughs> I want to touch that snow leopard! Yeah. Six hundred dollars yeah did you catch that six hundred dollars they're charging those people it's insane and people are paying it like day after day yep how do these people now my dad was a minister in oklahoma one of the streets that they show in midwest city city i know that street oh wow how and here's the thing i will never understand and it continues to be true where do these rednecks come up with this money I don't know. And because like, were these they traveling are, from elsewhere? And these are incredibly poor people because they're making expired 
meat expired walmart meat pizzas for each other oh my god how are they coming up with the money even to have this zoo let alone how are the people coming up with six hundred dollars because these weren't like you know exotic tours that that somebody in la is sending famous people to how is the everyday redneck moron coming up with six hundred dollars to go to this zoo i don't understand and then there was that whole scene where basically they talked about moving it closer to texas because <laughs> like they have money so that people would come in i mean it's just this whole thing is like i think where it does eventually work is because like I, I started it and i struggled with the first couple episodes because i was sort of like eh, i've seen this before like it feels very netflixy like you know just i don't know just kind of trashy and right. reveling in the trash more than having anything interesting to yeah i was surprised about. jerry springer wasn't the executive producer i'll give exactly. you that <laughs> and it felt padded like the first couple episodes i think could have been condensed into one episode they do a lot of ground laying for this thing of like who all the players are and they could have i don't know they could have sped that up a little bit but by the time it ended i mean a the trump analogy is i mean everybody's talking about it but it is a hundred percent obvious like just sort of like does become very much a look at sort of uh, you know american capitalism just gone horribly horribly wrong um and especially the curtains are tiger striped they are very tiger striped this week (laughs) nice Um, yeah it it works i mean i think it pulls all together i'm glad i finished it i mean halfway through it i was like there's no way i'm not gonna finish it um the whole time you are thinking oh my god but what about the fucking tigers what about these poor animals and at the end it kind of tries to pull it around and be like oh right right we care about the animals and we're gonna throw a little it doesn't really care that much about the animals no no Um, it doesn't yeah it's somebody that decided to like do a documentary on this wacky person and fell into a gold mine yeah you know can you imagine what the documentarian was like where they're like i thought i was gonna do like a 20 minute puff piece on this wacko guy that ran for president and i've got an on-camera suicide oh my god murder for hire i've got three polygamous fucking cults with baby tigers in louis vuitton bags oh my god Fucking this lady probably killed her husband and then married somebody else. I'm just it's fuck. Uh, he was just counting his money, but yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's funny, he interviews a lot this guy that was filming his own reality show. Right. And it's like so funny to see, like, oh, this guy was doing this first, and then now you're coming and interviewing him because he had to hightail it out of there because it got too scary. I'm like, how at any point were you not terrified that you were going to end up in a swamp? Like, but, but yet, I feel like nobody on the thing actually had the balls to kill anybody. Like, that was the funny thing. It was like... I mean, the arson only killed the alligators, which, yeah, okay, which only. Sucks. I'm sorry yeah. for the alligators, but right, it's right. like... And we still don't know who did the arson. My God. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one of the, the straight husbands. I don't know. Oh my God, guys. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. It is so. Somebody... And how hard up are they in Oklahoma where it's like, no, I'm totally straight. Oh, do you look at the big dicks or the little dicks? I look at the big dicks. Okay. I got Coke. Are you still straight? No. Oh, it's that's so... <laughs> exactly what it was. Like, yeah, the small dicks, you get the cocaine, the big dicks, you get the meth. Um, yeah. I just. Every one of those, well, there was one husband that I felt like 
maybe possibly wasn't 100% straight. But every, I mean, yeah. And then the end when the guy got the tattoo that said exclusive property of Joe covered up (laughs) with a portrait of a lion and didn't even seem to get the irony of it. And not even big enough to cover the writing so that anybody (laughs) who looked at it would say, uh, what does it say under there? And you'd have to think of that story every time. (laughs) Just, I... Dave Dave came up with a new saying this week um, where basically like... uh, a new euphemism for somebody who's, you know, not all there. You say, oh, that is not a through street. <laughs> yup. And I, that applies to pretty much everybody in oh this thing. Um, I, you know, if Carol didn't kill anybody, then I sort of like her. She was the one that I was like, all right. I mean. She killed her husband. Sorry. <laughs> she did. She fed him to the tigers. Which, oh. whatever. He sounds like he was a dick. I mean. <laughs> We don't know she fed him to the tigers. You're, right. f- you're falling for Joe Exotic propaganda. <laughs> I watched the show. I formed my own opinions. Uh, this show is crazy, but guys. He seemed like an asshole. So he whatever. Did. Now this she's happy, married to the guy that lets her put him on a leash on their wedding photos. So. Yeah, and they, they seem to like each other for now. So Doesn't seem to mind that there's animal print fucking everywhere i know and she's such a hypocrite i mean that's the thing it's like yeah um she's making money hand over fist like the fact that she sits there talking about her checks rolling in you know for her videos like that's her concern you never get a any sense that it was i thought what something that was interesting was the very end when they showed joe having regrets about those two chimps that he kept separated right and it's like and you see sort of his like original intentions and it was i thought it was a good look at like how maybe some of these people had good intentions going in but how capitalism fucked it all up like and brought out the worst in everybody imagine Um, that yeah it's almost like that's what it does exactly uh crazy times good distraction anything else you want to talk about no i got i think that's it yeah um we we had plenty to talk about this week apparently um we will be back next week um i don't know what we'll talk about we we have some potential guests that we're working on if we can we can get that to happen if we can (laughs) that we can't go to their homes and threaten them so all we can do is send texts that are like pleading so we'll see what we can do and and, and pray that they're bored enough to finally give in so um but uh yeah we hope you're all doing okay and um give us a shout out on facebook at the next podcast you got lots of time now Email us at motionofnix at gmail. Uh, you can tweet at us at the next podcast. I'm not currently on Twitter, but Fanny is. At Fanny V. Darling. Um, we will see you next week. Be safe. Take care. Social distance. We love you. Bye.